are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. I'm so grieved today for our country. I ache for America. We've been a nation that's been so blessed by God, yet we have become God-haters. My wife will tell you this is true. At prayer every night, we close our day. We pray for our country. I cannot believe in those sacred halls and I've walked those halls so many times in Washington, D.C., our capital. I think of presidents that have laid in state there. I think of what's transpired there. I can't believe that the first words out of a congresswoman's mouth this January was foul, vile, nasty, dirty language from a woman or a man for that matter, but how in the world your first thing you say is so vile. I don't, I don't understand this 29-year-old kid that's promoted socialism. We don't have what we have here from socialism. Venezuela has what they have because of socialism. I thank God what our president's trying to do. I can't believe the words out of his mouth these days. I can't believe our Supreme Court. I can't believe we have men standing and giving uh, 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 credence and women to we are gonna now kill babies at birth. Try to, I'm not for it. Try to kill a dog or a cat. Of an animal has more protection than a child, a human life. We've lost it, friends. We're not going, we've lost it. It's gone. Your kids, I, I was weeping that first song while you were leading it, when we go through the fire. Do you know this is considered hate speech today? I sit back in the 70s in this pulpit, this church, there'll be a day when preachers are gonna be jailed for the cause of Christ in America. We are there. And I don't really quite frankly mind if they wanna jail me. I get on a cot and sleep, catch up on the last 40-some years. <laughs> Three meals a day. i tell you what does bother me. My children, our children, our grandchildren, 13 of them, and your kids. America's under assault today. Isn't it amazing that the first institution God forms and establishes is the home. And we find the first assault is on the home. 
Today, if we're gonna see something happen in this country, in this day of judgment that we're on, we're in it. We're not headed toward, we are in judgment. California, can't you wake up? We've had three years of the greatest fires in America's history right around us. Our cities are being burned up. The judgment hand of God. Can't you see 20 inches of rain this past week in one of our cities and now gas cans are floating and raw sewage is floating and the city is under siege just not very far from here. Can't you see water and flood, judgment of God? Your home, my home, must get right with God. And I'm speaking to some people that are the best members of our church. Your husband walked out, God bless you. Your home is singular you, but you're still doing a good job. You're not second rate. Your wife walked out. You're not second rate, but you have a home. Widow, widower. What's, what about your home? So my husband's gone. My wife's gone, passed away. You still have a home. What if we had a section here, homes, a housing track of all the widows, and every one of them are living for God? What a shining place that would be. All the men that have been left by their wives and all that section, I'm not suggesting we live this way, but every house would be a lighthouse for Jesus Christ. Those of us that are married, wouldn't it be great if our homes really reflected the love of God? I'm so burned for our country. And here we have a man by the name of Adam and a woman by the name of Eve. And this young couple, this first couple in the Bible, in history, are gonna make some huge mistakes. It's an amazing thing, being married for a long time. Some of those days where I was out of bounds or I should have held my mouth or I should not have said that or I should not have been sold this or that. I regret those days. I try, I'm not successful at all the time. I, I try and we have, both have the right to have opinions. I try to, and she does the same, the verse in honor preferring one another, I want it her way. I don't know the days we have left together, but I remember we came here so young and then God gave us those children. And then God gave us each their mates. And then God gave us 13 grandkids. Our house was a buzz. They moved out one by one. And they established their own homes. And now living in that home is just two people. And if the Lord tarries, one of us is gonna be alone. I value these days so much with that great lady. And some of you guys are so far out of bounds. You're cruel to live with. You're unkind to live with. Some of you ladies are so obstinate. What in the world are you thinking? 
There's more than you. There's a generation coming after you. In our scripture today, I'm speaking on the subject today that America needs the home, the home that's being redefined, the home where parents have no rules, no boundaries. God has some boundaries. Right in the beginning of Genesis, you're not gonna touch that tree. There are prohibitions. There has to be prohibitions. Prohibitions are safety. I don't like the safety net, 65 miles an hour on the freeway. But that's the law, that's the prohibition. And you violate that prohibition, there's gonna be consequences. And today, if we violate God's rule of law for the home, there will always be consequences. I'm not suggesting before the 15th century and 14th century, it was all perfect. It wasn't. Here's the first home and it wasn't perfect. But something took place in the 13th and the 14th and the 15th century. Families that were autonomous, they're individual, came under papal rule, under Rome's rule. And now Rome was leading our homes. In addition, shortly thereafter, it came under European rule. And the European developed the, the, the state church. And the state church and the state government began to make the rules for the home. We had some patriots that left there and they landed and came to Rhode Island and the first place on planet Earth in the 1600s was Rhode Island where it was a place that was established for freedom of religion. And for these many years we've experienced that. And America had the joy of having family life again where as a father and a mother and a family. But as we see the day approaching, we see the erosion of the home. The home has been redefined. It can be a man and a man and a woman and a woman. It can be a man and an animal. But in God's economy, it's a man, one man for one woman. I want you to see God's plan for the home and it's found in verse 18 of chapter two. And the Lord said, it is not good. Everything in chapter one and chapter two was good. And then he said, this is not good. This is God speaking, it's not good. That man should be alone. I'll make a help meet for him. Verse 23, and Adam said, this is now bone of my bones, and flesh of my flesh, and she shall be called woman because she is taken out of man. And verse 25, and they were both naked he and his wife, and they were not ashamed. I see the arrangement of the home. The arrangement was male and female. Verse 24 says, a man shall leave his father and mother. Man, woman, father, mother, and shall cleave unto his wife. And yet, even in our churches now today that have capitulated, in our uh, Hollywood crowd today, in the sports crowd today, we have the redefining that 
male and male and female and female can be couples, but that's not the word of God. God's word says, therefore shall a man leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife. Thank God for dad, thank God for mother. Thank God for male, thank God for female, thank God for man, thank God for woman. That's the arrangement of the home. You could try to redefine it all you want. Just like these famous climate people. You have got to be kidding me. You're telling me you're in charge of the weather? Well, we've got a problem here because I like 75 degrees and my wife likes snow. So you folks that are in charge of the weather, I want one week of 75 to 80 degree weather for me and one week of snow for her. You don't create the snow. Job says God creates the hail. God creates the ice. God creates the snow. God creates the rain. No man, puny man, does not create the weather. If you all knew the inside joke, I could tell you, you don't either. Guy's messed up with the weather, gives us a weather report every Saturday at the bus meeting, and you're always wrong. But we sure like the guy, I'll tell you that right now. He's one of our projects we're working on together. The arrangement of the home. Do you see the autonomy of the home? Not just the arrangement, how God did it, and whenever we violate what God wants, we always announce it's doom. The arrangement of the home and the autonomy of the home. A man shall leave his father and mother and cleave unto his wife cleave unto his wife, you leave, you cleave, you weave and become one flesh. The autonomy of the home is not personal, a, a, a personal agenda. The autonomy of the home is to become two, become one. Oh, this is so humorous. 46 years ago, Last December when I said, for better, for worse, for richer, for poor. And then we were married and the honeymoon and Christmas and the New Year's and everything was going great for three days. <laughs> but you know how women are. And you definitely know, ladies, you can say amen, how men are. Mark those ladies that just said amen, all right? Oh, I tell you what. I don't, I was raised in a good home. I knew better. You guys match today, that's cute. Um, but uh, uh, why do I do stuff like this? You do look good. But, but I was raised in such a good home. Such a good home. I don't know, my dad never acted this way, but but I, I said something and I thought she would jump. You know, the man of God is speaking to you. She didn't jump. I, I, I thought, what in the world's going on here? I don't know what the issue was, but I said so. And you know, that first year I thought, we are not gonna make it. It's her fault. It's always her fault. 
And somehow I create this mess all the, I was in the ministry, we were kind, we weren't being hypocritical, it's just we were having a hard time. Uh, this sweet independent girl and this stubborn independent guy, and the two of us, we were not on the same track all the time. And there was an adjustment. And you know, sometimes, not when we were not on the same track, sometimes we were, but we were just headed toward one another. <laughs> I wish I could find the guy who just had a perfect marriage. You got it all together. You're a liar. <laughs> I, I tell you, Brother Burson, for me, it was so hard because I, 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 always, I always created the mess. Always did. I don't know why. It, just, it was just that way. Man, say an amen there on that. Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. And here I had to come crawling back to this woman. I hate it. I hate it. I just hated it. We talked about you guys crawling back this past week a few times, but I just, I just hated it. And I had to go back and I'd say, Cindy, ah, I am sorry. I was wrong. Any of the men like that? And I've told you this before, I won't go into it. She would say, I accept your apology. The first time she did that, I had World War II on the, uh, we had World War I, now this is two. I said, what do you mean you accept my apology? What about you? And then she'd say, Brother Martinez, she'd go, I wasn't wrong. You have got to be kidding me. I got a lot of work with this woman right here to straighten her out. You weren't wrong. What do you mean you weren't wrong? Well, it wasn't. Now, apparently you want to negotiate. Really. This is how this was working. And so I got upset. Then I had to come back and say, you know, I'm apologizing for the apology. Amen? You know, if we're not careful, it's, it's hard. It's so difficult to make two people one. But it can happen because God said it can happen. And it was always me. It was. It always has been stubborn, self-will. But it's an amazing thing how we think really pretty much all the time, the same. All these years later, all these trials and errors, all these I was wrong, we think the same. We sing the same. We'll, 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 we'll think of the same song. We'll talk the same. I don't know, we'll go down the road, I don't know if it's something that is triggering in our mind. From what We were going down the road about a year ago or so, and at the uh, Montague here, by between first and Zanker, we both started singing the same song at the same place, and we weren't even listening to a song. Must have something triggered in our mind from earlier. Some of you are having such a hard time because you're two and you cannot become one, and you're having a struggle. You keep working at it. Work at it. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Ha! Ah, see, what's your problem? 
so you're spending all your time trying to change her. That's not what marriage is about. So why don't you say, my goal is to serve that lady. Many of us have been married longer than you younger people can say we've made so many mistakes. But I don't know how many more days you have left. I suggest you get your home together, make it one. You doing your own thing all the time, sports, all into sports. None of those guys will be playing sports in five years. They'll be retired. The average NFL player plays three years. And then they bring another thug in. They let him play on the weekends. They'll release him from jail. Let him play. <laughs> what are you thinking? I love sports. But sports are not my priority when I have time with my wife. Why are you so big into becoming a, such a success with your job and the, and the position and the career and the money and you'll throw your marriage and you'll throw your family away because I, I just believe I've got to succeed. His face one time was young when I began to pastor you. And I've watched men and I've watched women throw their marriage away and throw their kids away for money and for play, and for pleasure. I can guarantee it, the best life is to live for that person you call your wife. Live for that husband. Live with the memory of your husband that's in the presence of the Lord. Live with the memory of your wife that's in the presence of God. Live for those little children and live for those little grandkids and pull it together and become one. I find the autonomy of the home I find the arrangement of the home. And I know I'm out of time. I find today in this text the attachment of the home. They became one flesh. Too much independence. And yet, would you see with me in chapter three, the assault on the home. The serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden and the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree. Have you noticed that the devil sends doubt in the mind of that woman? Doubt. And we begin to doubt, I, and we begin to question, I'm not happy. I'd be a rich man if I had all the people through the years said, I'm just not happy. I'm not happy. I've married a lot of people in these many years here pastoring this church. And I've never said in the wedding, as they stand here and this pope is removed, that you're gonna be happy. This is the ingredient for happiness. Get married. You'll be happy the rest of your life. No, that's not true. There'll be sorrows. I think of the people I've pastored that we hear, my son has cancer. My daughter has cancer. My child passed away. My wife left. My husband left. My wife died. My wife has cancer. My husband has cancer. My husband is in dialysis. My wife is in dialysis. My husband has Parkinson's. My husband, and on and on it goes. 
Now I say in this text, the devil came and they said, verse four, the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die. That's a lie. That is a lie from the devil because the devil promised so much freedom. Some of you right now, even high school students and college students, it's basically we have high school above in here today. Some of you are thinking that your freedom and your independence is gonna bring you the joy. Why did I have to get saved in an independent fundamental Baptist church? Why did I have to, why did I have to get something like this? Because something like this is trying to protect you. Not just to get you through school and junior high and high school and college and elementary and get you married, but get you started in a life and help you get enjoying a thing called marriage and home and family and children and grandchildren and living for God and getting old and one day dying and said, I've been faithful to God by his grace, been faithful to his house, the church. This whole world has so much, it's pushing it all the time on you. And whatever the world's pushing is gonna destroy your family. The world pushes now, I can't remember, really, I never saw one grandmother, the other one, just saw her twice. My old grandmothers, I can't imagine them having to go to the gym to work out. They worked out every day in something called the home and the garden and the family and prayer. Ladies, you got that much time? Get on your knees and start praying for your children. If they'll marry right. Pray for your grandchildren. We have 13, four of them are still not saved. They're little kids, they don't understand it all yet. Oh, how we pray for their salvation. We have one that's driving on the roads of a, 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 a granddaughter driving on the roads of the freeways of Los Angeles now, one of our grandkids. And she drives those vehicles in Los Angeles on the freeways. There's a pop on a Nana that are praying for her safety. And soon she'll be off to college. And soon she'll meet a young man, may he be a godly, holy, righteous, good man that will never raise a hand against her and never lead her out of church and never lead her into compromise. Oh, may we have grandkids that marry right, live right, do right. Can't you see what's happening in our homes? Very rarely am I out when the bus stop. I'm already at work. And then sometimes I'll leave and I'll go by a bus stop. I look at those kids, my heart just aches. I wonder how many have just left a good breakfast. And I wonder how many left a home where dad says, son, I love you. You have a good day today. I'll look forward to tonight. We'll play ball when you get home tonight, son. I wonder how many girls had a good little breakfast and mama says, honey, I love you so much. I'll be praying for you throughout the day as you go to school. I'm proud of you, hon. But seriously, I imagine in South Carolina, most of the kids in your state go to school empty. Not only physically, but an empty home. 
And in South Carolina, Brother Titus, I imagine, I imagine they're going empty in the Bible Belt, that great state of North Carolina. Brother Chidi, I saw you in New Mexico. Brother Corner over there in Pennsylvania. Brother Fell, I think over there in Mississippi. Those kids are not from all Christian homes. America is gone. It's gone. I used to preach, we're going, it's gone. But I believe this morning that some ladies getting right with God, some men getting right with God, some children getting right with God, said, we're gonna get back in this home business. And it begins with salvation. You must be born again. Christ will help you with your home. I'm pleading for revival this week, and I want it to, I've been begging God, may it start, may it begin in the home, in my heart. I want to be such a good husband. Never been mean to my wife, never lifted my hand toward her. I want to, I wish I had some redo days. You young people, please listen to me, be, be, be slow. Be slow, I, I, I have so much to say, I'm out of time, I'm 10 minutes over. I tell our chief of police, I, I look every day at the phone app of the police in America that are being shot and killed. There's been so many this year in North Carolina with the Coburn app, so many. And South Carolina last week again. And Mississippi two weeks ago. And I see these men and women that are dying. It's a reflection our homes have fallen apart. In a moment, we'll pray. And then we'll stand. And whether your wife comes with you or not, doesn't matter. Just you come by yourself. I'm going to plead with you to get back in the home business. The devil's going to fight your home. He's going to look at your besetting sin and said, so that's where I'm going to attack Jack. And that's where I'm going to attack Cindy. And he'll work and work. He'll never stop. That's why we resist him. Our Father, today I love these people so much. And yet as we see our homes under assault, we're so burdened. I'm so burdened today, God. Some of these young people, they think marriage is easy. It's hard. It's difficult. But oh, it's so special, so rewarding because it's biblical. I pray we get back in the home business. Loving our mate, loving our children. If you're here without Christ today, I'm going to ask you to come in just a few moments when you hear the pianist play. Come and ask Christ to save you. And the lady will show a lady. And a man will show a man. And I believe that many ought to come just say, I'm, I'm here to pray for my home. I'm a teenager, but my mom and dad don't come. They're not saved. We've been married for X amount of years, but we've never really had a good marriage. But by the grace of God, we'll start today. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, 
visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.